0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, wherever you're at, if you want to raise a hallelujah in your living room, if you want to raise a hallelujah in your car, wherever you're at, there's one word that is like amen and seems to be translated the same in every language and uh, hallelujah is one of those words, and I I love the different accents. I've traveled to different parts of the world and heard many different people of many different uh, languages and nationalities say hallelujah, and uh, it's just something that comes out of the soul and uh, something amazing. Well, my name is Ed. I'm the senior pastor at City Church, and I want to welcome you to our live stream. Our auditorium is virtually empty. Uh, It is hard for me to teach or have a message to an empty room. <laughs> I'm not used to that, but uh, I, 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 by faith, I can see you through that camera, and I know that God sees you wherever you're at. And I want to say this, that wherever you are at, wherever life finds you during this pandemic, that's a big word, isn't it? Uh, a pandemic. Uh, wherever you're at right now during this time, God is with you right now. And uh, I want to encourage you this morning and, and let you know that, and let let you also know that uh, we as a church are praying for you. I spent uh, time this morning, I spend time every day uh, praying for you, whoever you are out there. I might not know all your names, but I, I definitely know if you're watching this, God knows, and we're praying for you. So I want to just say a big thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are in... Uh, unprecedented times. It just seems like everybody says that over and over again. We're living in unprecedented times. And, and we are. That's the truth. It's it's not just cliche. It is the truth. We're in unprecedented times. But we need to be not only people of faith, and many of you are, and some of you aren't. And if you're with us and you don't even believe in God, that's okay. We're, we're okay with that one. Uh, I, I just believe uh, right now that something in this message will uh, hit your heart, touch you, and that you will start to ask some questions maybe that you haven't asked before and and that you would find uh, your faith. But we're also in need of something that I want to talk about this morning, And and it's a big word. It's called courage. We need to be people of courage. Now, sometimes when it comes to courage, we tend to put that in the really big category of gigantic courageous acts like, you know, uh, a soldier going into machine gun fire and laying down their life, or perhaps somebody uh, climbing Mount Everest as uh, such a courageous adventure or, or, or exploring uh, the oceans or astronauts or something like that. But uh, I want to take courage and bring it into your living room and into your life during this season right now, and to say that most courageous acts... Uh, they go on notice. Most people don't even know uh, most of the acts that are taking place right now during this pandemic. Uh, so many of you are so courageous. I think about single moms that perhaps are, are, are facing uh, unemployment and you're raising your children as best as you can. You're, you're getting by on a very tight budget Perhaps you're not dining out or or doing those things. You've got courage, and I I really want to commend you for that courageous act of just staying in there, mom, wherever you're at, or or mom, if you're in America. I also want to honor those fathers that right now, perhaps, you know, you've had to take a pay cut, or you might even be unemployed, but you're still putting food, on the table for your household, you're still, uh, you're still there for your family. And I want to commend you, dad, that you are a, a courageous uh, man. You are doing something amazing. And so keep going. We need to be people of courage. Well, of all the qualities of humanity, courage has to be probably the most uh, esteemed and honored. We have awards for that. It's uh, it's, it's something that most people kind of dream about, especially young, young boys. They want to be a hero someday and do something that everybody goes, wow, you are, you are so courageous. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a quality that I believe is in us. It just needs to be activated. Courage is the bold confidence to go forward in the face of fierce opposition and daring and incredible odds. Uh, definition of courage is this, the ability to do something that is frightening. Bravery. So if you're frightened right now about perhaps the economy or that virus getting you or something, but you're carrying on in life and you're continuing on to to minister outreach to your family, to provide for your family, you are a person of courage. Courage is the strength in the face of pain or grief. Sometimes it's not easy. When, it, when something like this is hitting the world and, and it's hitting your life and hitting your pocketbook, there's pain there. It could be, like I said, economic pain or it could be physical pain. Uh, it takes courage to face that and to continue on and not to become a victim, but to go on and become a victor. People celebrate courage like nothing else. In fact, uh, the, uh, the, the mountain top of courage is something that very few people stand on. I think of Mount Everest and, you know, it's very, uh, not even inhabited most of the time. And most of us, however, we think, I can never get to the top of that mountain and we forget that you've got your mountain, you've got something in your life that is your Everest that, that you need to stay on top of. And so the, the, most people live in this space that, uh, that basically says, oh, that's not me, I'm not a courageous person. You are a courageous person, and I want to activate and, and, and build that up in you even more this morning. So I want you to live in, in the space called courage today. Even in crisis we live in the everyday. That's, that's just a fact. Most of us are still getting up, taking a shower, brushing our teeth, well maybe not in that order, having breakfast, uh, brushing our teeth hopefully, you know, doing all the things that we do in the everyday. And to do that in the face of a pandemic when uh, you can't go outside for the most part, you can't mingle with people, and, and some of us are more social than others. So to stay in isolation, to, uh, to not be able to go out and do most of the things that we do but still live in the everyday, to have courage in that is what I'm talking about this morning. So most of the courageous acts that we, that we have are not spectacular. They're not something that, that uh, people are going to go, wow. But it takes courage to live in the everyday and to continue on with this. So I want to encourage you because, and I think encourage means to get your courage back. Uh, I want to encourage you today, and to say this, that if you're discouraged in any way, it's okay. See, even good tires on a car get deflated just through use. The air goes out of the tire, and pretty soon the tires are flat. And if you're like me, uh, I tend to neglect putting air in my tires until I go to the mechanic, and he goes, when's the last time you put air in the tires? And it's like, I never have. Well, you know, I had to put so many pounds in them. You've really got to watch that. you got to keep them inflated, in other words. And and just through normal use, really good tires end up getting deflated. And really good people, just through the normal uh, activity and grind of everyday life, and especially during this time, can get distance from their courage. They can get discouraged. If you are feeling some of that, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to pretend uh, like this is something that, you know, you're gonna fake your way through it. Uh, You just need a few keys to get the air, so to speak, back into your tires and and get inflated again. So some things that courage does that I've found in, in my life to increase my posture of courage in the middle of difficulties is firstly to make a choice. All great people face discouragement, but they choose to continue on and face the challenge. I think of some of the greats in, uh, in Scripture, Elijah, after he called down fire on Mount Carmel and uh, it burned up the sacrifice. And then he went on and tore down their, their false gods. We've got a lot of false gods. They're not gods, but people worship them as if they were. You know, the God of money, the God of fame, uh, 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 you know, lots and lots and lots of other things that we, we tend to resurrect in our life. Some of these things are getting torn down right now because they're failing us. And it's really important to realize Elijah went and he hid himself in a cave after he was a hero uh, on top of a mountain called Mount Carmel. He goes and he runs away from uh, a woman called Jezebel, and he says, I just want to die. And he goes and he hides in a cave. Yet, it's the same man. It's the man that exercised great courage and did such a bold thing one day, and the next day he's running and wants to die. If he wanted to die, why didn't he just die in that mountain? But he's a good man, and uh, he keeps on going. I think of John the Baptizer. We call him John the Baptist. He's out there. And he's, he's fiery. He's baptizing people, and uh, he's the first New Testament prophet. He's a, a voice, uh, the Bible says, is one crying in the wilderness, repent, turn, uh, and, he, and he makes the way for Jesus to come on the scene, the Messiah. And yet, we find him in prison And he's questioning. He's asking the question, uh, and he sends word out through one of his uh, messengers to Jesus. Are you the one that we should expect, or shall we expect another? This same person that was so bold, the tire, if you will, that was so inflated, rolling down the the road, is now deflated, and he starts to question. Yet he's still a good man, yet he's still a prophet, yet he still is a, a man of God. I think about Jesus' disciples. They were so bold in the face of adversity. Peter cuts the ear off of one of the centurions. Jesus puts it back on again and heals the man. And, and, and they're, we'll go anywhere. We'll do anything for you, Jesus. And yet, after Jesus is crucified, they're scattered. They're afraid. In fact, most of them go back to fishing and back to their uh, vocations. The second thing courage does, number one, uh, It makes a choice. Number two, courage counts. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it does count to have courage, but also courage counts the opportunities. Often it's very hard in difficult situations to see opportunities. And yet that's what that's where people rise up like nothing else, is in the face of incredible odds. They see an opportunity, not opportunistic and not taking advantage of people, but they see an opportunity to do good in the midst of incredible evil or darkness. And so it it counts its opportunities. It counts trials as opportunities. It declares the end from the beginning. I I love what the writer of Hebrews says in uh, chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Courage has to have hope. It has to believe there is a better outcome that can be achieved here. There is a light. There is something to strive for. And it brings or draws the future, the, 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 op, the optimistic, if you will, the bright outcome. It brings it into the present circumstance. It brings light into the darkness. It, it declares the beginning from the end. I want to uh, read something out of uh, the book of James. And James uh, ended up, he was one of Jesus' disciples, and uh, he died by the sword. But listen to what he says here. He says, my brethren, this is in the middle of uh, people that were being persecuted, the early church. They were dealing with the Roman government, the Caesars and, and Nero and all of those. He says, my brethren, count it all joy. See, courage counts. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When I first read that, I thought, that must be a mistake count it all joy in the middle of a trial. If I just lost my job, yay, all joy. Uh, He says, count it all joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's one thing that God is after, and that's the development of your character. I uh, sometimes will watch the occasional documentary, and one of the things that fasc- fascinates me is nature, how uh, something like the salmon in, uh, in, in the Northwest in America will uh, uh, spawn, they'll, they'll go back to where they were born or hatched, so to speak, and they'll go up waterfalls, they gotta get past the bear, they gotta get up the waterfall, and uh, when they get past the bear and, every, and all the rocks and the waterfall, they finally reach a pool, and very few of them reach it so that the offspring uh, will be uh, something of c- uh, courage, if you will, if I could put that in there. But they'll, be, they'll have the character, genetic character, that it takes that gets reproduced then into the other salmon. The weak ones don't get up the waterfall. The bear gets to eat those. They can't swim that strong. They get beat up and tattered. But the character that God is after in you is the, is the most important thing. So he says this, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Because your character is going to go up a notch. You are going to rise up. The the cream rises to the top, so to speak. When they're refining gold, all the dross goes out, and and there's nothing left but the gold. To get the pure gold in your character, you have to go through the fire uh, of a trial, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect or mature, it means, and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I used to be an accountant, so I understand this word, count it. Uh, count it all joy. I know the importance of counting properly. One of the things that I hated about accounting, one of the worst things was when we had to go into factories and do inventories. Some of those, those warehouses in the factories had thousands and tens of thousands of parts, and we had, to, we had to do inventories of these parts and count these things and make up for discrepancies and all of that. And uh, most people, when they're in a trial, instead of counting joy, in other words, seeing the end of that trial, what God's going to bring out of that trial, they start counting their losses. They start counting what if. What if I lose? What What if the world comes to an end? What if the sky does fall? What am I going to do? They start to play the what if game. What if, what if, what if. I really encourage you, don't count your losses. Don't count that way. Start to count it all joy. Start to count what can happen. Start to count the opportunities that you have now. I think of the opportunity of being isolated, and we are, and some people are really having a hard time with that because they're used to being busy, used to getting out. But I I would say this to you. Why not count that as an opportunity to read a good book, why not count that as an opportunity to do something like read the Bible that you've never ever done before, uh, but maybe you're critical of a book that you never read? Just saying, never mind. Uh, why not? Why, what, what if the world doesn't end? What could you come out with at the end of this trial that makes you a better person because you counted something as an opportunity like isolation, the chance to do some things that you couldn't do before because you just didn't have enough time. You've got lots of time now, chances are. and, and, uh, And so you need to start counting that instead of losses. So many people spend so much time counting up the what ifs, what if this, what if that, what if whatever. They worry themselves sick, so they think they got the virus that they possibly don't even have. And, and, and the anxiety and the worry starts to weigh on them, and it gets down into their heart. Somebody said this once. They said, worry is the interest, you know, like interest that you get at the bank or that you pay mainly. Worry is the interest that you pay on trouble that you never get. Think about that for a moment, but this will pass, and all the things you're worried about in a year from now when the virus is in the history books, I would hope, and when we're out of this mess, uh, if you go back and you, and you try to think a year from now, what was I so worried about? Chances are most of the things that you're worried about right now, you're, you're, you'll come through. You're not going to be worried about those things. The uh, third thing I think we're up to is that courage continues. I want to read to you something that um, is one of the Greatest uh, challenges, I think, in scripture that happened to a man named David. It's in First Samuel chapter 30, and I want to read verse 1. Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. We know David messed up, uh, David uh, committed murder, he, he was an adulterer, he was not a perfect man, and yet God says he was a man after my own heart. Why? Because he's, he, he turned from all of that, he asked God's forgiveness, he laid himself out. For the mercy of God, and God is slow to anger. God is good. God is uh, quick to forgive. That's the nature of God. God is love. He's not just loving. The Bible declares that he is love. And, and so David tapped into that. He knew the nature of God. He knew that he could be forgiven. But listen to what David does in, uh, in, in 1 Samuel 30. David and his men reach Ziklag. Now, that's a town that uh, they were kind of camped out there. It was their home. Uh, on the third day. So he's coming home, and now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and, and Ziklag, and they had attacked Ziklag and burned it. David comes home. He's been away. He's been doing battle. He's been doing exploits. He finally comes home, and his home is burned and uh, and, and taken and captive, verse 2, and had taken captive the women and everyone else, everyone else in it, both young and old, and they killed None of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. Sometimes it would have been better if uh, he came back and they, maybe they, they were, you know, weren't uh, taken away because he's got to now think, what are they doing to my wife? What are they doing to my children? The other men that are with him are thinking that as well. And, and so they, when they found, uh, it says, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire. And their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Not a very good scene right now. And so David and his men wept. They wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. They're in utter despair. These men are valiant warriors, and now they're prostrate. These men are crying themselves to a point where they have no more strength to weep. David's two wives have been captured, and uh, it mentions the name of them. And then verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were, the men were taking, the, the men rather were talking of stoning him. So now his own men are thinking, it's your fault, David, that this whole thing happened. If we wouldn't have been away doing what you wanted us to do, we'd have been there to protect our wives. We'd have been there to protect our family. They are... Uh, are totally turning now on David, and it says he's greatly distressed because they're talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. They're all doing the what if. What if my wife is getting taken advantage of and my daughters? And what if they've killed my family? What if, what if, what if? Shadows of the darkness are—they'll are, uh, play on your mind if you let those things move. You—you'll go for it. But God, in God, there's no there's no darkness. There's no variableness of turning. It's just letting the light come on. And so it says here that they—they—they—they um, uh, they, 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 they were greatly distressed. But listen to this. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture of all of Scripture. Listen to this. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I love what it says in in the King James Version. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes when you don't have people around you to encourage you, sometimes if you find yourself in a place where everybody's turned on him right now, he doesn't have, every. oh, David, it's okay. You know, I hope your wife's good. I'm praying with you. No, they've all turned on him, basically said, it's your fault all this happened. He is so discouraged, he has cried himself to a point where he has no energy left at all. The what if is trying to get a hold of him, fear of what's going to happen is trying to get a hold of him. But he reaches a place where courage goes to. He encourages himself in the Lord. There is a great word, it's called enthusiasm. And it means this. It means in God, in theos, theos meaning God. It's a place where we can go if we're believers. We can go and tap into, if you will, to the ultimate encourager himself, to draw upon the wind, if you will, the, the, the Holy Spirit. He's called the pneuma or the wind in the Bible to inflate our deflated spirits again when we're distressed and discouraged and distanced from it. David tapped into the Spirit of God, and it says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I love that, and I really encourage you to encourage, let God encourage you. Get to a place in your solitude where you get on your knees and just cry out to God if you have to, but get to a place where you let God fill your spirit up again and encourage you. Use this for the advantage. And then verse 10, 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the others, other 400 continued in pursuit. You see, courage continues. Courage doesn't give up. Courage continues to pursue even when it's tired, even when life gets weary, even when you get tired of running into the wind. You continue to pursue. I've pastored a church now for over 30 years, and so I've seen uh, a a lot of people. I've been able to meet a lot of people. Our congregation has had many, many people over the years that I've gotten to meet and gotten to admire. And and one uh, one person that uh, that I really admire. Her name was Shelly Passy. And, and Shelly was uh, in her 20s. She was born with a disease called cotton wool disease, where her skin all over her body would separate. The layers would would separate. It was just awful. And uh, and, and when it, when she would get up in the morning, her mother, her, her beautiful mother, who's a woman of, of great courage, Lynn, she would uh, bandage her daughter up like with with bandages that you'd bandage a wound with. She would have to wrap her daughter from head to toe every single day, bathe her. Even the simplest touch would, would cause incredible pain, incredible sores w- would come up on her. her. Her fingers were fused together, her toes were fused together. It was uh, She couldn't even like go to the dentist uh, with this simple probing. It was just awful what she went through. And yet, Shelly would volunteer down here. I never, ever, ever heard one word of complaint come out of the woman's mouth. She blessed me like she'll never know. She's in eternity now. I got to spend the last moments with her, the last day of her life, at the hospital praying with her, singing with her uh, gospel songs. And, And the joy of that trial, she counted it joy. She went home to be with Jesus in victory. I don't know why she was born that way except that we live in a fallen world. I don't know why she didn't get totally healed of that, except that uh, she endured that. And she was a great living testimony to myself and so many other people as an act of courage and a person that continued to live in courage. And the final thing about courage I want to give you this, this time is courage conquers. Verse 18, David recovered everything. That's a great, David recovered everything, everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. I don't know why he had two, but uh, nothing was missing. Young or old, boy or girl, girl, plunder, or anything else they had taken, David brought everything back. I love the way that ends, because right now, even if you've lost your job, Even if you do lose your job, even if you, whatever you lose and all the what-ifs, even if that happens, if you would continue on, if you will count it all joy, if you will be a conqueror because courage will cause you to conquer, you will find that that and more will come back into your life and you will see an incredible, uh, you'll see the incredible mercy and acts of God in your life if you'll just stay on God's side. Scripture declares this. It says, you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. More than a conqueror, somebody says, is when he does the, the, the fighting for you and you get the victory, you get the reward. I want to pray for you this morning, and uh, it's morning here right now, but it may be some other time uh, where you're at, or you might be watching this uh, on YouTube or any, any of the other platforms. But I want to pray for you. and I believe that God God can reach you right now and reach into your heart and inflate your heart with incredible encouraging spirit and encourage you right now so that you can continue on that you can fight on you can face these things with with victory and uh, and then I hope that you will join us next week as we continue on with our live uh, broadcast also. Uh, Easter's coming up. Easter weekend, Good Friday, we're going to have live streaming during those times as well. So you can follow us on all most of the platforms. Also, before I pray, uh, you might want to join one of our Zoom chats, and information will be there for you to do exactly that. We'll send you a link if you send us uh, your details, an email or something, and uh, we'll send that out, and then you'll be invited into a chat. If you don't know what Zoom is, uh, you can download an app. It's a way for multiple people to uh, have a conversation and connect with each other. So we would invite you into that so that we can pray with you as well. But right now, let me pray for you. Wherever you're at, like I said, your situations would all vary, but wherever you are right now, God is. This is no surprise for God what's going on in the world. And the solution is the same. Lean not to your own understanding, but lean into God right now. So, Father, I just thank you for everyone here. I thank you, Lord, that your power, the power of your love for each individual, would just fill the room where they're at right now. Some of you might want to close your eyes and just bow your head. Just let the presence of God in. Sometimes you'll feel the presence of God, like just a warmth and you'll know God's with me. God is not against you, friend. He's with you th- through this. Many of you right now are going to get, I call it just uh, visions, uh, imaginations, whatever it is. Use the screen that's uh, on the back side of your eyelids when you close your eyes to see things of a preferable future. Father, help us right now to count. Help us to count this as all pure joy. I thank you, Lord, that you'll meet even the person that doesn't believe in you, that you'll show yourself real to that person if they will just give you an opportunity. I thank you right now for those that have not called upon you as Savior. I thank you that you're not condemner, that you didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through you would be saved. Who would neglect such a a great salvation? Why would anybody knock back a God that wants to save them, that wants to be for them, that's not against them? So if that's you, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer right now. And at the end of that, uh, if you would like to let us know that you prayed that prayer so that we would just know, we would would continue on to resource you in whatever way that we can. Uh, But I want you to pray this prayer after me. This is not a formula. It's just a heartfelt request, if you will, or prayer uh, to God. And I want you just to pray this. You can pray it uh, out loud or under your breath. It really doesn't matter. But just let your heart be open. And if if you're open, God will meet you. So pray this with me. Dear God, I give Jesus my life. I thank you for coming into my world, giving me courage. I thank you that you are with me. And not against me. I want to know you better, and I want to walk with you. So I thank you right now. I give you an opportunity in my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for tuning in. We say tune in or dial in, even though now it's digital and everything, but thank you for joining us. And, uh, if you would stay on this channel or just uh, look us up on Facebook or, or uh, Instagram, or you can hit our app. We have a City Church app. Just go to the App Store if you have an iPhone or iPad uh, and, and have a look at that. City Church, Sunshine Coast. You'll find the app. It's free. You can download that app, and it has many, many opportunities for you just to uh, be part of what we're doing here. And we also have a website. It's city hyphen city-church.net if you would go to that and click that we've got podcast. we have a YouTube channel as well where you can see previous messages and messages uh, that we'll continue to upload including this one and uh, throughout the week uh, I will have opportunities to connect with you as well and to resource you and to encourage you so please follow us on those platforms and we'll see you if not during the week we hope to see you back here next week for our next live stream. God bless you. Go out and be courageous. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at infocity churchnet